Good morning and welcome to Emily in the Morning. This is the podcast in which I share my morning cup of coffee with a poem by Emily Dickinson, and I share that poem with you. Today we have the one that begins, We should not mind so small a flower. We should not mind so small a flower, except it quiet bring our little garden that we lost back to the lawn again. So spicy her carnations nod, so drunken reel her bees, so silver steal a hundred flutes from out a hundred trees, that whoso sees this little flower, by faith may clear behold the bobolinks around the throne, and dandelion's gold. So it's three stanzas, regular meter, regular rhyme scheme, but it's a wonderful little image of, well, I'm going to give you my interpretation just very quickly. I'm reading it as one little flower that the poet that Dickinson has seen in someone's lawn, right? And it's an intrusion on this uniformity of their lawn, and it brings something of the proof of the glory of creation into a space that is attempting to be very controlled. Right? And then from that, she sort of burst into this, it's, it's almost like a sort of philosophical proof, but, but not. Um, so she's trying to say that from this one little flower, you can understand the throne of heaven, right? And this is a, you know, normal Christian argument that from sort of any real tangible item, you can use reason to prove something like the existence of God, right? But she's not going through the proofs. She's just sort of seeing it all in this moment of um, almost ecstasy. There's another word that I can't quite think of at the minute, but let's start from the beginning. So the first line, we should not mind so small a flower. Now there's two meanings to the word mind, and I think she, she does intend them both, right? Which is the genius of her work. So mind in the sense of not minding, meaning not, you know, you care about something or like you're annoyed like, I, I wouldn't mind that there's this flower here, except it's just in my lawn, blah, 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 right? So it's, you're caring about it, but also mind in the sense of obey, right? We should not obey or listen to, in that sense, so small a flower. And then we shouldn't do it, except it quiet bring our little garden that we lost back to the lawn again, right? So we shouldn't either care that it's being there or listen to it, both senses work, um, except that for the fact that this one little flower breaking up the uniformity of the lawn of this controlled and civilized space reminds us of the garden that we lost. Now, we automatically think of the Garden of Eden here, right? That's just kind of where my mind jumps to first, and especially with all the references to the throne in the last stanza and, and faith, I think we're meant to read that as a religious image here. So, Next stanza. So spicy her carnations nod, so drunken reel her bees, so still, so silver steal a hundred flutes from out a hundred trees. Now this is just, be, firstly, beautiful nature imagery, right? This the carnations being spicy as they nod around, right? Almost like a little bit risque, and the bees look are drunk on nectar, and it's this abundance and glory, and the noise of the wind in the trees is like flutes. And it's actually an even more amazing image because when you think about how to play a flute, firstly, it's usually made of wood, and secondly, it's just someone blowing on it, which is really what the wind is doing on the trees. 
Um, but anyway, so we've got that, but we also have this understanding of the wild side, right? That is represented by this one little flower in the lawn. Final stanza, that whoso sees this little flower. Now again, the word whoso instead of whosoever, it, yes, it helps with the meter and rhythm, but it also is very reminiscent of scripture passages, right? Common word, it sort of puts you in that mode. So I think her choice of that word here puts us automatically into Bible thinking mode. Um, that whoso sees this little flower by faith may clear behold. So again, um, she's almost echoing a couple, there's several passages in the scripture that are reminiscent of this, right? Like whosoever does this by faith beholds, very, very common language. But what you're beholding is is this image of nature. And Dickinson always does this where um, she, she kind of wavers between pantheism and orthodoxy and so many different ideas. And her, you know, her understanding of faith in the scriptures is very much colored by, as I've said before, the sort of Protestant culture in which she grew up and ultimately rejected that um, Protestantism by refusing to become a member of that church. But then she's kind of just left to her own devices and she usually does turn to nature. And that's what she's done here. The bobblings around the throne and dandelions gold, right? Instead of angels and gold and sunbeams or something, which is the kind of normal imagery. She's got birds and golden dandelions. So I think that is where I'm going to leave us for today, but enjoy that little bit of nature as we are, well, at least I am in spring. So it's very appropriate. I'm going to go and find some of my own dandelions.